need thou not be afraid, for we can turn a humdrum, forgettable name like Nebuchadnezzar into something magical like this. Nebuchadnezzar. And it's that easy. We can add Onius, Inus, or Anus to just about anything, and it becomes magical. You, give me the name of one of your central protags. Falco. What is he? A centaur? No. Does he shapeshift into equine form ever? No, he's just a man. Well then, I would, I would lose the C immediately, and I'd replace it with an L, Bronlonius. Hey, I'm Kylanus. Thanks for joining me and Andy Ronis for the Legendary Creature Podcast. So, hey, we do swear a little. So, if you or your conservative grandma that's listening with you need to duck out, now's the time. Okay, you ready? Yeah, let's All fucking right. do it. Okay, Kyle, get on over here, dude. Get, get on over get, here. Get on over here. Get on over here with that great deck. So. When I was uh, when I was a kid, I went to the same barber for years. Okay. The guy. Where did he touch you? Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> he touched my head, and then he pulled out the scissors. No. Um. He. <laughs> whatever. He never bothered to learn my name. So, every time it was like, "Come on up here, young man." You. Like boy. It, I must have gone there for a decade, and it was always, basically, get over here. But even as a kid, you noticed that. Like, yeah, that I was like, know your name. I was like, he clearly doesn't know my name. Like, my name's Kyle. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like, get on over here. I mean, the guy got arrested because he was selling drugs. And stuff really? Out of his barber shop, and and it seemed uh, seemed he had play stacks of Playboys all over the place. This is Magna Utah, dude. Like it is, it's seedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Magna is a little. It's like like if there was some kind of like movie that was questionable to my parents that i wanted to see yeah i could usually catch it at the barber shop like that's the first place i saw robocop really yeah it was at the barber shop sounds like my kind of barber shop <laughs> sounds like a barber after my own heart anyways let's get on over here and talk mono green okay mono green so you got nothing don't you do you i don't I, yeah i'm like Tell tell me about why it, don't Andy? we have anything? It's because neither of us have really done a lot with mono green. I yeah, like I've used green a decent amount, um, but yeah, like having gone through kind of doing the mono thing we've been doing, yeah, I realized like yeah, I haven't fully been using the spirit of mono green <laughs> this whole time. So yeah, if I had to say, if somebody was like, "Hey man, I want to play commander," but I I just multiple colors or doing anything like that is just over my head. What's a good solid like color I can go off of? Yeah. I would say mono black or mono green, I think would be my two like go-tos for, for a mono colored strategy. Yeah. And I think some of the things that mono green does versus mono black are even more simplistic, right? Like to me, mono green kind of has at its core get lots of mana, mm-hmm. cast big shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
when introducing new players to the game, I describe gr- green as the the late game color, right? yeah, or a, a late game color, yeah. Where it's the longer the game goes, the more likely green is to kind of take control of the blocks, right? Yeah. But in Commander, why it's so great is yeah, the the ramp, right? Ramp is something that all of these other decks have to go out of their way to do. Yeah. So green, duh, is really good at ramp. Any anybody who plays Magic can tell you that. So that's why it's a great color to start with if you're not comfortable i don't know why you wouldn't be but right but you know hey right trying to explore the space of green yeah ramp ramp's definitely going to be a thing that you realize pretty quick it's important yeah this is this is really easy for this color to achieve right right right. um i would say also that green is very good at dealing with a variety of permanents Right. Yeah. So you have, uh, like in particular, enchants and artifacts. It has mastery has, over those. Pretty has much. has good good removal for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, creatures. It's a little bit weird. There is some removal. There's oftentimes the fight type spells. Yeah, fight is kind of their thing. They that have you're, creature that you're fight. You're using. Uh. Yeah. Although it's oddly lacking in board wipes. Yeah, that is huge. That is a huge omission. For green, you pretty much need to get all his dust. Right. And that's, yeah. So it has global enchant and artifact board wipes. It has like creeping, like uh, Bane of Progress. Yeah, Bane of Progress. Bane of motherfucking progress, <laughs> which is a huge card. It has a lot of stuff like that. Wave of Vitriol, if, uh-huh. you're, if you're that guy. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to wiping out other creatures, yeah, it, it doesn't interact super well with with other creatures, especially especially if they're in multiples. It right. does have some strange pillow forts, but really, it, as far as getting rid of creatures, it, it kind of struggles with that. Yeah. But, yeah, anything else we want to say about green? I feel like that covers it. Yeah, right I, I, think, I think it really does. Like, But how would you... I don't know. We've seen... We've seen... <laughs> Maybe I should just preface this. We've been doing a new dino from Rivals of Ixalan each oh, episode. Yeah. Sorry, there's no fucking Galta here. Yeah. We have been playing against Galta in our meta, however. Yeah. Um and I don't know, like what what have what have been some of your takeaways about the Galta list? Like mono green in commander and and maybe Galta as well. Yeah, mono green for me it's definitely like a, a an objective based color. It's not very reactive as you, as you'd think. Even though it can deal with artifacts and enchants, it it's pretty single-minded in that I want to play all these things and then have this specific condition met and I win. And a lot of the times, unfortunately it's crater hoof behemoth is the condition that you're looking for. Right. All the elf ducks want it. Yisan wants it. Right. <laughs> like you're, you're looking for either going wide and tall at the same time. With right. The crater hoof behemoth. Uh, it, yeah, it just That's it, pretty much it. It's not a very reactive color. I mean, blue is off obviously like one of the ultimate reactive colors. Black is too. Black can remove creatures right. and pivot its strategy a little, depending on the commander. But green is just like I'm looking for this thing to happen and I'm gonna and I'm gonna beat somebody down with it. So I feel like Galta is representative of this this idea that it's looking for a specific thing to happen, maybe in reverse a little bit. So what we noticed about Galta over the course of the places that are the games that we've had was he is a terror when he's out. Oh and yeah. He's out really, really early. If, if the deck builder has loaded it with things like 
the lupine horror or lupine prototype or whatever. It's that two mana five five from from the newer industry. Oh yeah, and then and then the one that we saw this come up this weekend was Ronus. Yeah, just straight up Ronus. He's a three mana five five creature. Yeah, like so you're what you're thinking normally what I do is I I hold removal for the commander itself. Right. Because right? I can remove it and then their tax goes up. Like if it's if it's a kind of a Voltron-y thing, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well Galta doesn't need to Voltron. He's already at a twelve twelve. Yeah, he's, he's one do of the two hits. <laughs> right. He's one of the five commanders in the entire game that can take you out after two hits. There's only five dudes that can do that. <laughs> like what are we Voltroning for? Yeah, there's, just, there, there is. Just not I just need to get looked, this one yeah, creature out and beat your face. You're right. So maybe some kind of evasion, but eh, right. Like you're not. He's going to go uncontested a lot of the time. Right. So your first thought probably is like, oh, hold on, that path of exile, and remove Galta when he comes out. Well, then the dude will just resolve another, another big thing, weirdly costed c- creature, something like yeah, Ronus or the Lupine Horror or a vehicle. And have both. <laughs> but if he crews a vehicle, he controls both of those creatures, quote, quote. Yeah. And now the cost goes down even further, you know, or, or a mana dork that, ca- that basically counts for two because the mana dork's power is equated into it and the mana that the mana dork produces. Right. So what you really want to be doing when you're going up against the Galta player, just for anybody who, who's curious, is remove his other creatures. And he cannot play. Like... If they see a board wipe early on, like if there's like a, what is it? What's a good board wipe that's pretty early? Um, like Wrath of God. Is Wrath of God. Is four mana. Yeah, like, like just anything. Like even like, even like, yeah, just anything that removes these creatures soon, you're upending their strat. Like they will be like, like the way our player had built it, right, Brad? He's a non-participant if he loses his board state. Right. Because Galta still is 12 mana. And that's not an easy thing to do. No. At all for like, a commander. And like then if he dies. It's one track to cheating him in. Yeah. Like, and he's got some recursive creatures. stuff going on. He's got like Seasons Pass and he's got like, you know, uh, Praetor's Council. Yeah. But it he's been out for so long. You've earned so much advantage that this 12-12 is no longer all that threatening. Yeah. You know, weirdly. Because sometimes like in the middle to late game or late game, people resolve huge creatures. And by now everyone's like, eh. Yeah, like no it's big just deal. in the early game. It's like, what the fuck are we going to do about this? Well, yeah, because we know? were looking at like Brad was going to have a turn four um, at the very least a turn five. Yeah. Galta. Right. That was pretty scary. Right. So I feel like I feel like with with green. Um, you, you're really you're really kind of one tracked. You, you, you I mean, that, that I don't know. You, want, you probably would need to say that about every mono commander, but green it seems especially true. It seems especially true. And I, I think. I was kind of like thinking about this a little bit as we were preparing for this. I was like, this is, this is the Timmy color, you know, like the, the guy that wants to pull off like some big, huge fucking thing. That's only going to be able to hold it together to win maybe three out of 10 times. Yeah. But they pulled it off and it was just outright, like no questions. They fucking won. Yeah. Yeah. So to uh, stick with our theme, we've seen Yisan, which is a tutoring nightmare, single-minded deck in that it's trying to reach this combination of cards that, you know, we have a podcast about that guy and what, what the yeah, goal is. Yeah. Uh, Galta, which is, yeah, I want to pay uh, under-costed power and toughness creatures that don't really do anything other than cheapen the cost of my huge commander. At least that's the, what we've seen. 
Yeah. Uh, any other green ones? We had a Thrun yeah, deck back Thrun, in the early like, days. Which early, is early. Just a really strong, or not strong, but tough, I guess. Resilient Voltron kind of setup thing. I don't know if I've played against it, but ha- there's some people in the group that have a Rishkar, right? No, but we have, we've had a Nizuri, which is, which oh, is right. similar. That's get right. a lot of ma- elves out, either get a ton of them or fall into some Umbra Mantle combo and then Crater of Behemoth. Yeah. So we've we've had a a spectrum of green decks in the meta. As far as like what seems to be popular out there, um, yeah, Yisen and Azuri are in the top two. Did we but, mention Azusa? Because we, yeah, uh, we have yeah. an Azusa. I deck. forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, we have an Azusa too, which is play a lot of stuff. It's just a ramp deck. It's a ramp deck. Yeah, just it's the definition of ramp deck. Play I think a lot of he lands. had probably what was it like seventy land in his deck, and then it was just everything else was big, huge bombs. Yeah, <laughs> right. So what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about... Yeah, so we got a couple deck techs about uh, about some mono green. Um, I guess I'll take first here. So to preface, we're going for stuff that's pretty low in popularity. Yeah, that is that is that is a good point. So we're not going after like obvious kind of whatevers, right? If they're newer, we kind of... I, I'm, we, I've been cheating the last two. Yeah, but even still, they haven't been... They may become popular. I, I Who doubt... Knows? I don't know about those two, but, but this time we're not cheating. We're not. Yeah, we're, we're just, just we're doing guys that have been around for a while. We're going way down the list. Okay, hit me with yours, man. So I have got uh, what I think is kind of an unusual one. Okay. Um, so I did Sachi, daughter of Seshiro, and it's you know, whopping eighty six decks out there. Yeah, and whopping eighty six decks. So uh, yeah, so it's two and two green. Okay. For a 1-3 Snake Shaman. And it says, other snakes you control get plus zero, plus one. But it also says, shamans you control have tap, add two green to your mana pool. She looks like something out of like a heavy metal, <laughs> like 80s. Like her hair is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of ridiculous, isn't it? It's like wrapping around her. Yeah, waist it looks like, like, I don't know, maybe like a really bad forgotten episode of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Where like oh there's this there's a snake ninja guys and and they they they're in the sewers too and, That's and one funny. of them's just hot and and Michelangelo's conflicted about how to deal with it anyway sorry keep sorry, you're, sorry. no you're good sorry. so so like when when we were kind of coming up with deck ideas for doing mono green I like text you I was like I'm thinking about doing Sachi and you're like snakes. Well, because it's it's probably the last choice for snake tribes, right? <laughs> right. All she does is give other snakes you control get plus zero. It's like plus the one. worst lord ever for like giving an anthem effect to a tribe, like plus zero plus one. Right. You can be defensive with your snakes. <laughs> uh, so we're not doing snakes here. That that is that is not the idea at all. Um, but what I was attracted to is I was like, well, okay. Uh, there's a good number of shamans in magic, the gathering. Oh yeah. And so popular green type. I wonder if I can gather, gather together enough good shamans to, uh, to take advantage of this, uh, tap and add two green to my mana pool with each of those. And so, yeah, I started exploring it and I, I, I feel pretty good about the deck that I put together. Um, as we, as we tested it, I, thought i accomplished what i wanted to accomplish yeah in the deck testing that we've done it's pretty pretty impressive the amount of mana you can yeah like turn all your shamans into green soul rings oh yeah exactly and so i don't know like we've seen 
we've seen people take advantage of elves and like, I mean, I've even done that with, with Reese, um, kind of doing a, an elf deck. And so, but usually you're tapping for one. And I thought, well, I wonder if I can get this really out of hand by tapping for two. And it does. But, uh, so let's, let's dive in. Um, I'm going to kind of like, let's just go over a few shamans that are kind of redundant, I guess. So my thought was, I I want to get Sachi out quickly and I want to be able to kind of ramp traditionally, like traditional green. I want to have mana dorks. I want to have like a rampant growth and that kind of, those kind of spells in there. Um, and then I just want to rev some of those shamans up. So I tossed in shamans that are mana dorks. Now, granted the shamans aren't as good as druids when it comes to just being mana dorks. They're not as cheap. But there, there's, there's quite a few of them. So like Llanowar elves. Yeah, exactly. So it's like druid, Llanowar elves, perfect example. So it's one mana for something that's gonna tap. So back. weirdly, there's no shamans in that range. Yeah, so they're they're not that cheap, but there are shamans that will tap and give you mana. Okay. Um, independent of Sachi. Okay. So like Beast Caller Savant, this is actually an elf shaman ally. Um, this one kind of functionally works how you want it to so it's one in a green for a one one but it has haste um and you can tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool and you can only spend this mana to cast a creature spell which there's a lot of creatures in the deck there's a lot of shamans that's fine that's all i want to do because he's going to turn it he'll pivot once she's out exactly once sachi's out she's out he's he doesn't i don't care about that anymore he gets a promotion exactly um so let's see. There's the Moldaya Channelers. So this is a one converted mana cost of up. So it's one and two green. This one's actually a little bit odd as it's got a lot on it. So it says play with the top card of your library revealed. And as long as the top card of your library is a creature card, Moldaya Channelers gets plus three plus three. So it becomes a five five if there's a creature mm. that's sitting on top. But they also have as long as the top card of your library is a land. The Moldaya channelers have tap, add two mana of any one color to your mana pool. So they're functionally doing what Sachi does if there's a land on top of your library. Weird. Um, <clears throat> let's see. There's a Rachi sustainer. So this one is, yeah, it's one and a green for a one, two, tap, add a green. Hmm. Um, so they're slower dorks. So they're slower dorks. That's slower dork. That's kind of the 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 difficulty of using shamans to do this. Okay. Um there's also shaman of the forgotten ways. So it's two and a green for a two three. Um Oh hey pal. I'm only gonna read the first half of this because the second half is it will come up later. But the first half says tap, add two mana of in any one in any combination of colors to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast creature spells. So they're prohibitive. So you can pivot this a little bit. Yeah, I can kind of pivot it a little bit and okay. use it for other things as well. Um, you know, there's some others that are like that. That they're kind of like they're mana dorks that assist in getting Sachi into play. Getting quickly. Sachi into play quicker. So and if I can get her out on turn three, um, and I've got one or two shamans already set up, like we're gonna be moving quickly, very yeah. very quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Let's talk about uh, some other, like some cheapeners, I guess. Okay. So. What, like Emerald Medallion? Yeah. So Emerald Medallion is one of them. So things that reduce the cost of of my spells. Hmm. So 
so there's some there are some ones specific like so emerald medallion i think is a really good one there's also ronus's monument um so that one's three and it says green creatures you can you green creature spells you cast cost one less it has that additional part that you're you know target creature gains plus two plus two and gains trample until end of turn that may come in handy here and there i'm I'm mostly just interested in cheapening things, but there's a couple that are actually like super cool for uh, the the tribal deck here that we're doing. So we've got the Bosque Banneray. Uh, so it's one and a green for a one three tree folk shaman, mm. and this one says tree folk spells and shaman spells you play cost one less to play. Uh, clever girl, clever girl indeed. Got to get my tree folk in there somehow, right? How do you always do that? I actually that don't is know. your tribe. So so I. Yeah, I built Doran. That was probably my like one of the earlier decks. Second or third deck. Third deck probably. Um and I accumulated a bunch of tree folk for that deck and they They find their way. They find their everything. way into other decks. They come in handy in other places that I build. Right. Cause if I build it, the tree folk will come. Mm-hmm. Uh this one's actually super good for this deck. Um, it has a lot of synergy. It's the Centaur Omen Reader. Oh yeah, this one's sick. And so it's three and a green for a three-three centaur shaman, um, and it says as long as the centaur omen reader is tapped, creature spells you ca- you play cost two less to play. So he's able to tap using Sachi's ability, the, the ability Sachi bestows, in order to get itself to where it cheapens mm-hmm. all the creature spells. Okay. By two, and it's also added two to your mana pool. So really cool. Yeah, like just using so you tap it to give yourself two green, but then from there forth, every creature spell is reduced. Yeah, by so two. if you've got like a four a four converted mana cost creature spell in your hand, and you tap the centaur omen reader with Sachi out, you've got the mana to do it. Combo. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And um, it's a centaur. <clears throat> what's that? And it's a centaur. And it is a centaur, which For I'm future sight also fond of. Centaur. <laughs> Do you know how stimulating it would be to be a half man, half horse? <laughs> Do tell. Do tell. It's pretty stimulating. It would be pretty stimulating. Um, let's talk about like just a little other, some other stuff going on, I guess, in mana support in the deck. Uh, so there's like so, uh, Sakiko, Mother of Summer. Um, Is she a centaur? She's not. She's actually a snake. Mm. So she actually gets plus one plus so she zero. Doesn't, she doesn't turn into equine form at any time. <laughs> not ever. Mm. Not ever, ever. All right. Uh, snake Shaman. This one's actually a little bit pricier. So it's four and two green uh, for a three, three. And it says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, add that much green to your mana pool. Uh, this mana doesn't cause mana burn. Well, that's some old language. This mana doesn't empty from the mana pool as, as phases end. There's a lot of language in there for, yeah. So what's the purpose for the deck? For the deck? Yeah. To attack with big creatures. Well, I meant like what this creature is doing for you. Like why all that? Is it just because it's a... It's just, it's just some additional mana support. Okay. So you go deal damage. You still have your mana. You've got, you've got extra mana. If you, if you just need pornographic amounts of mana. Mm, Which you do. Which you do. And the more mana you have, the more the more weird your requirements become. Exactly. Just like real porn. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question about a couple things that I, I kind of tossed in here. Okay. Specifically, and and maybe maybe you can give some insights with your deck like that you 
we're working on. Mm-hmm. I put the Seedborn Muse in. Why like, not? Well, so here's the thing: is that like, I mean, how, mu- how much instant speed are you playing in mono green? Uh, uh for my deck or? <laughs> Andy found a way. Shut up! No, I didn't. <clears throat> I mean, like I, I don't know. I okay. Like I'll just level with you. I I didn't put it in. You didn't? No. No, I, I probably should have, but I didn't really want to come off like a one trick pony. Because <laughs> I feel like every time I'm playing green, I'm just like, here we go, Vidalcanari. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it it makes sense if you have flash. So, so you're kind of replicating that broken profit accrue fix. Yeah. So let's let's kind of talk. Like I did put Yeva in my deck. Okay. So that I can play at Flash. I actually didn't put... She has a Shaman, too. She has a Shaman, so she feeds into this. Okay, that makes sense. Additional Shaman support. Also, is she a Centaur? (laughs) If only. Does she transform into Equine? Could she be like a... Shape at any time. Bear Shaman? Because there's a big-ass bear in her Well, that would be a Werebear. A Werebear. (laughs) Oh, God. Um... I don't know. Like what, what, what was kind of the decide? Did you, was it literally just that you were like, I don't want to be doing that all the, like every time that I have a green deck, I put in the Seedborn Muse. Yeah. I felt like when I, when I saw this, my deck, when we get to it, I just, uh, I don't know. I, it, it, it honestly should be there. It's the, it's the flash part. I wasn't super like finding a place to put that. Yeah. I didn't have a really good mana sink. So in Yisan, it makes a lot of sense because you untap and you can activate his ability off your turn. Right. And it just lights the whole thing on fire. It is one of the main objectives of the deck is to get the Seedborn Muse or some kind of untapping effect into play. Untapping is really important for this deck. Yes. I'm, yeah, we'll cross it when we get there. I'll just tell you now, spoiler alert, I didn't put in there. But <laughs> I could see loading that package in. It makes... It I, makes... I think it is... I, I think it's, like, it's incredibly intriguing, right? Like, there's... I, I ultimately was kind of like... I, I put it in my list right now. I might take it out, though, because I'm just like, I don't know if I really have that much that so I'm doing. So in the testing, it just never came up. You it know, never came sure up when we were testing, so... Okay. Um... And I'll, I, I, maybe it's good to note uh, as we go through my deck list. I do have some kind of non-budget picks that I put in here, mm. um, but I think you can do this deck relatively budget. Okay. Um, you know, like like we if, try to stay around a budget. Yeah, like if you're if you if you want to do seed if you want to do something like Seedborn Muse and you don't you don't want to spend the money on a Seedborn Muse quest renewal. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's other there's other options for for doing those things. So I and I'll just mention that I did put quest for renewal in the deck. So it's one and a green. Whenever a creature you control becomes tapped, which I'm going to be able to do independent of attack of attacking, um, you you put a quest counter on quest for renewal. And if there are four more quest counters on quest for for renewal, untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step. Seedborn Muse. So you're functionally getting Seedborn Muse, like. In a in a manner of speaking, yeah, you've got some work to do, but that quest is going to be really easy. Four taps to fulfill. Sure, really, really easy. Um, I uh, 
I did put in some other things to just, like I said, to get really awful. I actually thought the Paradox engine was a better fit than the Seedborn Muse. Um, because I can do things on my turn with that. Yeah. Untaps your dorks. Yeah. So whenever I cast a spell on tap, all non-land permanents I control. Uh, that's huge. Like if you can get your shamans untapped, like you can, again, get pornographic amounts of mana. Mm, yeah. So tasty. Uh, I put in thousand year elixir as well, which I think for me, like out of any deck I've ever done with, with the thousand year elixir, I think this is one that I want it among the most for sure. So it's three. If you don't know this one, it's three mana for an artifact it says you may activate abilities of creatures. You control as though those creatures had haste and you can pay one and tap it itself to untap target creature. So it's activated ability haste. Exactly. And so that one's hot. That's, uh, a, hot, that's a hot card. Yeah. It makes those hot shamans elixir. come in. Like you want to get that. You, you got that centaur omen re- reader. Like you just cast him. Cool. Bring him in, tap him for mana and decrease the cost of your other creatures. Let's fucking go. Uh, so here's, here's kind of a non budget pick that I put in here. Is it a centaur? It is not. <laughs> Fine. What is it then? God, it's mana reflection. Oh, um, I think if there's a splurge, that you want for this deck. <laughs> yeah. And quite a splurge. It would be, how much is it going for? It's right $25. Now? Right oh, now. Oh, that's a lot of, but I'm telling you if there, if there, if there were one card to splurge on in this deck, it's mana. Okay. Why explain why? So it's four and two green for an enchantment. It says, if you tap a permanent four mana, it produces twice as much of that mana instead. Again, Keyword like permanent, not land. Yeah. Anything. So this is applicable to my shamans uh-huh. that already it's kind of actually a little bit gross that they all can produce two mana for tapping. Yeah. Now they're producing four. Hmm. Uh, so we're, per- we're into some pretty dark pornography. We're getting point. to like, yeah, like this is dark web stuff that we're doing here. Dark web. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like if you, the other one that like really turns me on with that is the dousing dagger. Why? Because if you flip that thing over and it's producing three mana, that one land that produces three mana, it's now producing six. Jeez. For one land. It's like clown porn now. <laughs> it's getting Okay, pretty... we gotta get off the porn meme. It's gonna get <laughs> it's too worn out already. Like quick. that 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 <laughs> never mind. I'm, I'm just stop. Move off of it. <laughs> Move off. Uh yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I think some of the other stuff, like if you want to include other untapped type things, yeah, I think like mobilize is another option. Um, if you really want to maximize the mana that you're getting out of your, out of your dorks, out of your shamans on a turn, it's just one mana for a sorcery to untap all your creatures. Um, Which is that? What's that? Which is that? What card is that? That's mobilize. Mobilize. Okay. I'm one, taking notes. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. You found some stuff where I'm like, hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, I think it's a, like, like I say, I mean, Seedborn Muse is too rich for your blood. There's other options. Like, I, honestly, if you want to just like really go balls to the wall and make this game go fast, like go get yourself a, an awakening. <laughs> yeah, that's a little nuts. Everybody untaps 
everything. Every turn. Every turn. So, but you're probably like. But I a, think again, like you have to load the flash into that. Like, so to be clear, untapping yeah, on other people's that, turns, it doesn't do you anything unless if you, you don't have, have a mana sink flash or yeah, mana sink. Right. You're you're exactly right. Like if you're doing that, there needs to it's be cool, I guess. a purpose. Right. Like you can't feed other okay. people for no reason. Um, so Yeva, Videlkin Orrery, in combination with these untap effects, you're dumping out stuff on everybody's turn. Right. Exactly. So uh, let's talk card draw before I kind of like get into. Well, yeah, let's just let's just do card draw. So green, you would think, suffers from a lack of card draw, and it. But it turns out doesn't it doesn't. It's either it draws no cards. Or it draws all the cards so because there are conditions that need to be met. There are some there are some uh, some shamans that that kind of feed into this in an incremental way. Oh, what? Uh, well, in just like a like a, a small way. So hmm. an example of this would be the elvish visionary. Let's get so she's this is one and one and a green for a one one, and when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. I would probably not consider putting this in pretty much any commander deck. <laughs> hmm. But you're getting yourself a mana dork that's going to be producing two mana from tapping. And you're drawing a card for it entering the battlefield. So I don't know. That was that was one where I was like, yeah, let's just toss it in because you're going to be a mana dork essentially. What am I going to do? Give me, that, give me that mana in that card. Yeah, exactly. I just want mana. That's all. Um, this, is kind of, this isn't necessarily card draw, but it's kind of card draw, sort of. It's a leaf crowned elder, tree folk shaman. Uh, it's two and two and two green for three five. It has kinship. So at the beginning of your upkeep, you may look at the top card of your library. If it shares a creature type with leaf crown, leaf crowned elder, shaman, or tree folk, there 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 are other tree folk here. I bet <laughs> you and your tree folk. Uh, if it shares if it shares a creature type with leaf crowned elder, you may reveal it, and if you do, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. So you're not really drawing it, but you're just cheating stuff in with it. Mm, yeah. Which, cool. Good let's enough, do it. man. I'll take it. Um, let's see the masked admirers. Wait, what do those guys do again? So these, these they have. They're kind of weird. They're weird. They're kind of weird. Uh, so there, there's two purposes to this one. Uh, so it's two and two green for three, two elf shaman. And it says when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Um, and it says, whenever you cast a creature spell, you may pay two green. If you do return mass admirers from your graveyard to your hand. So there's some kind of recursion going on here, like that you can use sure. them for, um, card draw and then being able to set them up again, which, which, you know, like they're multifaceted really pushing the shaman button pretty hard. Well, you know, I think like, do you have a harmonize in this deck? Uh, no, I actually didn't put it in. You can't just draw some cards. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be a hipster about it, and make sure everything that you do is <laughs> is relating back to your shaman I strategy. Did have to do that. So speaking of getting back to my shamans, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which, shut the fuck up. Shamanic revelation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you p. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So three and two green. Uh, draw a card for each creature you control. You know, I mean. You're probably just going to The only the only shitty part about this card is it doesn't say draw a card for every shaman you control. It's true, exactly. You know that'd be like, well that's the card. I need to have it that, that goes in the deck. <laughs> I mean, my guess is 
if you're doing it exceptionally well, you might have six or seven creatures. You're probably looking at three or four. That's right. great. <laughs> That's yeah. great. But it also has ferocious. You gain four life for each creature you control with power four or greater. Uh, there's the potential for that. So cool. Um, I don't know. I just put in a bunch of other like casting creature spell ones like regal force. Yeah. You know, so th- there's, there's several, there are quite a few creatures that do this in green. Um, so I'll just use one example in regal force. So it's four and three green. Whenever regal force enters the battlefield, draw a card for each creature you control. And then there's also, sorry, I'm, I misspoke. So there's regal force and then there's um, the soul of the soul of the harvest. Those ones where they enter the battlefield. Right. He's non-token. Yeah. Non-tokens come into the battlefield. You draw a card. So there's, there's stuff like that. Um, let me just kind of wipe out a, a few last like shamans that I think are kind of, kind of cool to, to toss in here. So like Elvish Piper is a shaman. Huh. Um, so you kind of have a couple choices with the Elvish Piper in this deck. So you, it's three and a green for a one, one elf shaman. It's and you can pay one in a, or uh, pay a green and tap. And if you do put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield, Hot. Um, which is relevant in this deck because I haven't gotten to it, but one of the win cons is just dropping some big ass creatures that are in the deck. And so you might be able to use her to just cheat something out early. Or she can produce you mana. Or she can produce mana. Whatever seems most perfect. They wear many hats. Yeah, they right. Wear like, many hats. We're just we're just giving them a lot of different responsibilities. Uh I put in like the I put in the Eternal Witness. So these some of these are just good cards. <laughs> yeah. And so they happen to be shamans. Mono green staple. Uh yeah. So Eternal Witness, you just can bring something back from your Is she a shaman? It is. Damn. Hot damn. Yeah, it is. Um, the Null Mage Shepherd is a shaman. Ooh, I like that one. And so let me just read this one off. So it's three and a green. Tap four untapped creatures you control. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. So with your untap ability. Yeah. It's boom, boom time. Yeah. So that's something where if you're if you're going the route of using like a Seedborn Muse or, or you know, a quest, um, fuck, quest for renewal. Um you can take advantage of things with that. Yes. Like, like the Null Mage Shepherd. Yes. Highly interesting. Highly relevant. Um, Reclamation Sage. So it's, it's a shaman. Turns out. So it's a shaman. you get the benefit of it coming in and destroying an enchanter artifact. And now you become a mana dork. Some of these things that just kind of have a function in commander by virtue of their ETB or by virtue of some other ability. Well, you're getting so much value from this i'm going to make it so that they give me even more yeah you're getting so much value from this so yeah like i mean that's that's i don't know i guess that's kind of some of it so i'm producing lots of mana yeah we see that clearly and drawing some cards and drawing a few cards and you have a shaman or two and a tree folk how the fuck do i win yeah let's find that out uh so initially i kind of started out pretty like the first testing that we did i had like the crater hoof behemoth um, I had like door of destinies, coat of arms, just some things where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to use my shamans to kill people mm-hmm. and I'm just going to get them buffed up by virtue of these other things that are in the deck. Okay. Uh, like Andy mentioned, crater hoof behemoth, it's your win con in a lot of green decks. So surprise it's here too. It's here, but I, I I had this realization the first couple like test games was where I was just like, I have all this mana. Like, why am I not doing more with it? 
Mm. And so I, I went and just dug up some big ass bomb ass creatures to toss into the deck. Uh, So this again, these are some kind of non budget things that I put in. I will, I will say there are budget alternatives. Oh, sure. Um, And so, so like, you don't have to do what I'm saying and and ha- to have an effective deck. They're just they're just kind of what I tried out to see how it would do. Um, so I I put in one of the Eldrazi Titans. Which one? So I put in Ulamog the Infinite Gyre. Wow, you are um, <sighs> unbelievable. I know, right? Unfucking believable. Uh, so it's eleven mana. You're gonna have that much mana quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Uh, so when it when you cast and you do have to cast it, like we're not cheating this guy in, we're just fucking casting it. Uh, so when you cast it, destroy target permanent. It's indestructible. It has annihilator four. Um, so when it attacks, they have to sacrifice four permanents. Four permanents, and it's not unreasonable to think you'll have this on turn five, which is horrible. That annihilator will undo. You'll have scoops. Yeah, like people, like you attack somebody. On you know they might have mana rocks turn five or six but like lands to yeah choose from. yeah you're you're stripping them down to their mana and maybe even stripping away some of their mana at mm. that point so it's not unheard of to get to that point um I I got really 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 immoral because what could I just, be worse than that well the blight still colossus oh um so this is twelve mana for a trample infect 1111 remember it takes 10 infect to remove somebody from the game to to yeah to remove them from the game so by still colossus is indestructible um damn when you commit to sin you commit don't you? i do like it's you don't have like, you're not a half you don't half ass you're sinning <laughs> it's exactly right like i'm gonna like drown babies and like you know play still bite still colossus <laughs> exactly play the bite still colossus um, let's go with one more Eldrazi that I put in here. Who is it? It's the, the void winnower. So this is nine mana. Uh, your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs and your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs. Uh, we, I got this one out with play testing. Um, it was, it was probably turn five or six that it was out. Okay. Yeah. And, I remember that. Uh, yeah, you guys were Chokes scrambling. The games. You guys were scrambling. The the benefit of this one is that you have a big body. It's an 11-9, but that's also, like Andy said, chokes the games. We see this card a lot in our play group. It's pretty popular. Uh I think it yeah, like it's 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 a really effective card. Like people will come for it, but uh you know, meanwhile you can develop your game further while they're trying to deal with it. Um a couple others that are like less offensive, but still Really effective. Okay. Uh, the World Spine Worm. Whoa. So this is eight and three green for a 15-15. Maybe it's not less offensive. That's pretty bad. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look how much mana you had to put into it. Yeah, it's an 11 mana to get this one. Um, so this this one, I I, I think, like, it, yeah, it's, it's about five bucks right now. It, it, like, it's not exactly, like, budget budget, but... Um, well, I mean, it's not Ulamog. It's not Ulamog. Uh, it's it's well worth it. 
You know, like it's going to get you a lot of bang for your buck. So it's like I said, it's fifteen fifteen. It has trample, and whenever a world spine worm dies, put a put three five five green worm creature tokens onto the battlefield, um, and then it also gets shuffled back into your library. So this like that one's just really good. Like something that you can hit the battlefield with early that you're going to get growing costs or growing. Right. And if they um, kill it, it, they didn't really solve the problem. Yeah, The problem's not gone. It's right. just separated. I like that. Um, one Ooh, other I one like that, that I put in that I think is, is pretty good. Uh, was the Colossus of Akros. See, this guy was a problem in the play test. Yeah. So I got this one out. Uh, so he's a, a, a moral replacement to, the blight still yeah i would put it in in place of the blight still like if, you, so, if you have a problem with blight still let's do so, this one instead so something you'll notice that i i chose was some things that had indestructibility um with this so this one has indestructibility so it's eight mana for a 10 10 it's defender and indestructible and so, so you have that problem it has defender when you first get it out um so you don't see this in a lot of decks because that that cost is prohibitive but then this but then it's a defender right it's a defender so it's it's eight mana for for something and it's defender attack you can't even attack with but it has monstro monstrosity 10 so you have to pay 10 mana but again this is completely reasonable with this deck right completely reasonable um to do monstrosity 10 so it gets 10 one one counter so now it's a 20 20 and it says as long as colossus of acros is much is monstrous it has trample and can attack as though it didn't have defender. So you ha- now have a twenty twenty trample, indestructible trample. Yeah. Um. This, this is what, this is such a poor reanimation target for a lot of decks that try to cheat stuff like this into play. Oh yeah. Normally they can't do the follow up, which is load it with the counters and turn the monstrous on. Right. So it's just this big reachless defender that doesn't accomplish a lot like i i uh for this deck i i was taking players out with this the 2020 indestructible with trample yeah yeah because i got this, massive i got this and the void void winner out at the same time and yeah it was hot it was and really, really fun so yeah like people dealt with the void winner so they could play but they still have this stomping... there's still this 2020 colossus <laughs> out there yeah. um it was pretty cool yeah and i also did toss that one's in, like a super budget card right it's, yeah it's less than a dollar so so that's like i say like there's that's not the only one that's like that there's there's other picks that are very effective like big creature things yeah green has a lot out there um so i just like i said i put those kind of like expensive ones in the deck i think if you have one of those in your collection yeah this is a great place to put it um if if you don't yeah galta if you've got galta like toss that in the deck um galta is going to come out easily so uh, there were just a couple other like minor things that I put in to kind of help fuel the game. There was Throne of the God Pharaoh. So that's the one where like you deal damage to all your opponents equal to the number of creatures you have tapped at your end step. See, I didn't do that one. Um, it's it's I, I'm always afraid of it drawing an unreasonable amount of hate. Yeah. So I have it in my Reese deck because uh, it in that one, like with tokens, you can just like kill people pretty easily with it uh i figured this one's kind of like a little a little uh less threatening with that right and then the other one i just tossed in triumph of the hordes um one thing about green and this is this is my last point with this like with sharing that one is that like in as much as you can produce a lot of mana like it's pretty easy to kind of like undo you and take you out of the game um for for 
some decks. A like, board wipe will handle all of this for this deck. Yeah, yeah, like so. The strategy is based around creatures. Yeah, like if, you if somebody lets strategy. you kind of like develop your shamans out on the battlefield and then they just kind of wipe that before you get a chance to drop any of your bombs. You're in a bad way. You're in a bad situation. And so I, I just think there's still in play style needs to be some opportunistic things that you do. And Triumph of the Hordes allows you to do that. Like if there's somebody, if there's a blue player that's like, really aggressively controlling somebody that you know runs a lot of lot of wrath spells uh you know take a chance to take them out because they're probably not gonna yeah just take them out let you so triumph 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 the hordes we'll do it all right that's my deck list like i do have i have some tutor spells in here because i happen to own them um replace them with card draw like there's 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 more card draw in in green so use it so as your opponent with this deck uh it's yeah if it gets those early plays out it's really hard to undo it produces it yeah a surprising amount of mana like it kind of sneaks past you because these as an opponent like you look at at your creatures and you're like i don't really care yeah, they're they're, they're shamans. small shamans. Yeah, they they don't really interact a lot with with anything and they're not really scary, but then I'm going to pay whatever and resolve these two giant guys at once and it's like <laughs> a double threat. I'd right. actually say that that probably worked best for you is rather than doing a big threat once, you might want to kind of gauge your your play group and be like, "Well, I better just do two and I'll lose one, but it's yeah. it's really like you can it's one of those decks where you can actually afford to drain removal." Oh, yeah. Right? Get them to drain removal on something, I think, because we saw that happen, and it was like, it's just not enough. Oh, yeah. Sure, it's still the 2020 indestructible. It's either we don't play with the Void Winner and die, or we play play around the Void Winner and still die. (laughs) Well, now it's gone. So... And then I tricked tricked Cam into crashing into my Colossus with with his Zakama. How'd you do that? Well, there's a card that... It's in your deck... So I'll let you talk about it, but I used it and untapped my shit. Oh, sure. So he it looked like you were vulnerable, but you yeah. weren't. Yeah, that sucks too. Because he is a he's a damn fine creature to have not tapped. Right. Sure. Uh all right. Here I go. You ready for mine? Yeah. So who you got, dude? So Seton 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 Croson Protector. Guess we've heard what? of Croson Grip. Guess what though, dude? He's a centaur. He's a centaur. <laughs> Fucking centaur tribal. If I wasn't spoiling that the whole, <laughs> the whole time you were doing that. So is, he's is green, he green, green. So he has no colorless requirement in his cost. He's three green for a legendary centaur druid legend. Well, well, it's legendary centaur druid, but yeah, he's old school. He's pre eighth. So nice. Yeah. Uh, it said, so he's for a two, two, it says tap and untapped druid you control colon add green to your mana pool. Peasant. So right away, everyone's thinking, okay, is this druids and shamans? Is that, <laughs> is that really where we're going to go? It's going to be the same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But I was actually but, concerned about picking Sachi. But hang on. So that, when we so. played the decks, they, they do actually have a different uh, tonality to them, right? They're they not, do. They're not the same thing. They're similar, but they're both green. So what do you want from me? Yeah. Right? But this is a little different. So what separates Setan set, set from Sachi is that Sachi grants them the ability 
to tap and add two green to your pool. Right. Where he taps an untapped druid you control and you just add green to your mana pool. So you're essentially using haste. Exactly. So mine is more like a zombie lady of scrolls. Yeah. The the druids that you resolve in my deck, they they can give you the mana the second they're out. Even he himself can do it. Because to activate his ability doesn't require a tap. Right. Right. It's not there's not a tap symbol in the, right. in the yeah. It it taps the creature. <laughs> it tap like the ability that is attached to Seton. Right. Taps it's a really them. annoying, clever use of language that makes the deck a little bit different in that way. Yeah. And there's a lot of druids, just as much as there's a there's a lot of shamans. And I <laughs> I could have loaded this thing with more druids. Um, I probably should have, but just didn't. I, I kind of wanted to try it at a, at a okay amount. Right. So mine's a little bit more bursty also. Mine's not really, my deck isn't really looking to get into the long game with anybody. Sure. His is, Kyle's is very fast. It's fast. It's faster mana, but it's probably like somewhere between rabbit and turtle. Mine's just rabbit. We're yeah. just dumping druids in, getting their mana, and then just spamming out something big. So it's very single-minded. So I would recommend this deck to somebody who wants just a really quick, I win or I don't. <laughs> you know? Like, this resolved itself. I knew what was going to happen. Either I'm going to win this, or I'm going to fucking look at my phone for the next hour. <laughs> like, that's what that's what this is. <laughs> so let's start with the druids that are important. So it's all the man, mana dorks that we know. Okay. Because they are druids. So the Arbor Elf, the Lamor yeah. Elf, the Elvish Mystic, and the Findorn Elves. So they all do the same thing. They can tap to add green to your mana pool. The only reason you care is because if you get them in your opening hand, you're getting your set set in on onto play quicker. Yeah. Right. You're making that happen faster. Yeah. Uh there's another one that's pretty neat. Some people on on forums will say this is not a good card for the deck. Some say it is. In my experience, every time I've had it, it's been pretty good. It's the Elvish Pioneer. He's one green for a one one, but he lets you play a land into play tapped when you cast him. So if he's in your opening hand, he just brings a forest with him out of your hand. That's pretty sweet. Right. So he's he's pretty sweet. Uh, the Gyre Sage, turns out she's a druid. So awesome. Two in a green, or two or one in a green for an elf druid that has evolve. Uh, whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, if that creature has a greater power or toughness than this creature, put a 1-1 counter on this creature. So she's a 1-2, but then you can tap to add green to your mana pool for each Plus one, plus one counter on Gyre Sage. So she can pivot for you, but eh, not yeah. really giving a shit about that because your commander is going to grant that instant speed ability to her anyway. Or hate, you know, it can get around haste anyway. Yeah. Uh, Honored Hierarch, it's a human druid from Magic Origins. It has a renown of one. So it's a one, one for one that needs to hit somebody. And then as soon as he gets the one, one counter, he has renown. And has vigilance, but he can has he has tap add one mana of of any color to your mana pool. Okay, so he's pretty good, but you're not really caring about that. Like you get him out turn one, hit somebody, get his tap ability. Yeah, right. Uh, and then he's just can getting your commander out sooner. That's awesome. Is the only point of him. But then he pivots into his other job, which is a druid. I'm a druid. Right. Uh, the Jorga Tree Speaker. So she's a one mana elf druid that has level up. It's a really clunky mechanic that they had back in Rise of the Yeah, Rise like of. most of the time I'm disappointed in in level ups, but there are some places right. where they're actually really good. So I'm on the elf button pretty hard. So this one has a level up of one in a green. Uh, put a level counter on this. Level up only as a sorcery. 
So you can tap and add two green to your mana pool when she's level between between level one and four. So levering her leveling her up once already turns her into that. Yeah. And with all of your other druids in play, you can just tap them to just dump the level counters on her. So she becomes a one two. But if you can get her to level five plus, she says all elves you control have tap add two green to your mana pool. Oh, so you're doubling up. So her and um, the priest of Titania. They're kind of looking for that elvish synergy, right? Okay. Because it just turns out like I have some, I have, I just have elves, right? You're playing green. Turns out a lot of druids. There's turns out green is a is a pretty elf, (laughs) elf centric color. (laughs) Two and a green for the Somberwald Sage, a human druid. She can be tapped and add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast creature spells. So follow me with this. If she's out, pay three. Okay. She gives you three green. You put your commander in play. He can now be tapped and the lands you didn't tap to cast him. So there's there's very bursty turns where yeah. you're kind of maneuvering around the, the mana cost. So you leave your mana up. Let's say you didn't advance past sure. three lands, right? Sure. Well, okay, let's say you're at four lands. You're four lands. You have her in play. Tap her, add three to your pool. Drop him, right? He doesn't really okay. need to be out on turn three. He needs to be out when there's already druids. Right. And it's that's, great if you can get him out early. And if, that's the same thing with Sachi. Is I'm like, I kind of want to play a couple shamans before. Yeah. So the 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 deck... Maybe. The deck takes some kind of noodling out. It really does. I found myself trying to get him into play really quick, but then I realized I'm just going to keep using these druids to resolve other druids. Right. So you can kind of appear like you're not really doing anything if you keep resolving dumb druids. Drop him. Tap him and everyone else, <laughs> jump up in mana and just burst out something big. Yeah. See? So yeah. this is kind of I think this is kind of like the example of that. So we have four lands, the we have four lands and we have the Somberwald Sage. Okay. Tap her, add three, resolve him. Now we have four lands plus him. We can jump up and resolve something for five mana. Damn. In the same turn. Yeah, that's nuts. So you get your commander out and a five mana card. Uh the tree folk harbinger. Okay. I got a tree folk too, dude. Dude. So mine's a green mana. When a tree folk carbinger comes into play, you may search your library for a tree folk or a forest card, reveal it, shuffle your library, and put that card on top of it. I, I own it. Do you need it? It's a zero three. It's actually probably in a deck. So it's just contributing to mana, not not super Yeah. You know, not looking any further than that. So yeah, you kind of get the idea, right? A lot of cheap low end cost command or druids that that participate in this ritual to just burst out a lot of mana so yeah. very very similar there's yeah. some cards that i think synergize well with the druids because they tend to kind of fall in the same line so this one i've tried in a couple decks and had different experiences with it it's either really amazing or it's a total whiff so okay. it's the wild pair for a green and a green enchantment when every creature enters the battlefield if you cast it from your hand you may search your library for a creature card with the same total power and toughness and put it into the battlefield if you do shuffle your library. <sighs> so every time you resolve a 1-1, one, one, you go and re-resolve another 1-1. One, one. That's pretty cool. And then now those two can be tapped for mana. <laughs> right. If you resolve a 1-2, you can go find a 2-1. <laughs> or a So as long as their total power and toughness equate is, is equi- equivalent right is equivalent you can go grab them so you might get maybe two or three but hey man that's that's, that's actually going a really three cool resolutions synergy. that's going from like three resolutions up to like six yeah and again we're trying to go for burst damage here so yeah. it's like what everything just jumps up so yeah you drew you resolve one druid you're gonna grab them off they're all one ones and a lot of them are uh 
yeah, that one was actually pretty cool. Zendikar Resurgent, uh, just a damn good budget option. Five, a green and a green. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool for the type of that land produced. Why this is great is the last part. It just says, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. So one of the huge problems with this deck is that you run dry. You empty your hand. You're in top deck mode so quick. I, I can see that. You're in top deck mode so quick. So while not only does this double your lands, but every time you keep pulling in new druids, you're just drawing more and more cards. Which, which is huge. That's, that's why I was kind of like, because I put Zendikar Resurgent in mine as well. And I think, I think those are important types of cards in these decks because you just you need those to replace themselves. Right. So I, know, I, I wouldn't really bring something like that, like as, as basic as that up if it didn't mean like something about the deck. Like, right. It's just really important to have card draw in this deck because of what it's doing. You can't really kind of hold back and kind of think about your options with this. You have to just keep pulling in stuff because yeah, the the way I've configured the deck um, does that. So on that note, like let, let me just kind of finish that uh, idea with, with drawing cards off of these things. Uh, there is slate of ancestry. Okay. So it lets you discard your hand. So it's an, it's an artifact that's four mana. It says pay four tap, discard your hand, draw a card, for each creature you control. So they come in, you've emptied your hand probably. Yeah. You're not going to be discarding a lot. They come in, they are now available for you to give them to give mana. So if you have four of these guys out plus your lands, it's not it's not very difficult to ch- just kind of churn through your deck here. <clears throat> this you is draw a, pr- a new this hand, is... do draw a new like handful of more druids and you oh, just yeah. keep emptying them in Did you see this one come up a lot in in green lists yeah and i, I kind of took it from cranko to be honest like cranko it's it's a big card uh oh, yeah five for the vanquisher's banner as vanquisher banners enters the battlefield choose a creature type i would suggest you choose druid <laughs> creatures you control Centaur. creatures of uh, creatures you control of the chosen type gets plus one plus one but when it says whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type draw a card so now they're all turning into cantrips yeah. that can instantly give you mana back. That's awesome. Right? And then, yeah, I, I have to say it. I've got Shamanic Revelation in here, not Druidic Revelation. That's Three, right. a green and a green. Draw a card for each creature you control. Ferocious, if you gain you gain four life for each creature you control with power four or greater. So same parody there. We I bet I bet if we did like a Venn diagram of these There's decks, a good crossover. There would be a, there would be a thing for sure. Uh, another really cool tech with this is the Harvest Season. So it's two and a green. This one's awesome. Search your library for up to X basic land cards, where X is the number of tapped creatures you control, and put those cards into the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. So you have four druids out. Well, let's just say three. You have three druids out. Tap them to give yourself the cost for paying this harvest season Mm -hmm. and go two to three cards and put them into play. Sky's the limit on how how much that... It's funny because I think there's an inclination to want to like go really big on that one. But honestly, even if you just do that sooner, it's just three. That's, that's significant ramp. The sooner you do it, the better. So this is kind of what we're doing with the, doing with them. Um, producing mana, producing, producing cards with them. Here's another one. That's kind of, at first I was like, I don't know about that, but, but considering how the deck works, it's, pretty hot it does some work for you you have to just find the right place to do it so it's okay. called the recycle it's four, i was actually gonna ask about that card it was four <laughs> it's four a green and a green for some of the best art in magic on a card <laughs> just top shelf 
top shelf art right on this card. <laughs> it says, skip your draw phase. Whenever you play a card, draw a card. But during your discard phase, choose and discard all but two cards. So I think the, the correct language your is, max is that your max hand size, hand size is, two. is two. Now, if you achieve a max hand size, like you have no maximum hand size, I don't know what happens with that. That's a because good when question. you have no maximum hand size, it's saying like you have infinity, right? But it doesn't say. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think this one cancels it out. I feel. I feel fairly confident. Yeah. So, so Jenga Taxia says yeah, so we they're that reduced by seven. So if it's infinity minus seven, yeah, it's still infinity. But infinity is two. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think this one can't get around that. So I don't have any max hand size manipulation going on in this deck. But this thing really does some work because you drop a druid. You can card, play anything. Like, yeah, it just and when the druid comes out, it gives you mana. Right. Right. Uh. So yeah, this kind of falls in that column of of card draw. The best we can get it. There's other things out there though, right? I mean, we can do. I I was giving you shit for harmonize, but I don't have it in here. It needs to be in here though. Sometimes you just need to draw damn cards without you know without, without some kind some of condition conditions. being need yeah. to be met. I don't have it in here because I'm as I much of a I think that's the thing. Like we are. we just got cute with like the things that you can do for card drop. Right, Regal whatever. Force, same card. We talked about that. Yeah, you know. So so far, I'm kind of doing the same thing you were doing. Can I, I ask you did 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 you mention Karametra's Acolyte? Did I you got put her. that one in here? Yeah, I got her. That one's fucking powerful. Yeah, that's probably the one where it, it'll override a little bit. Um, you you'll probably do her ability is superior to his. So she yeah. actually you tap her and you add to your mana pool, green equal to your devotion to green. Well, with Which, her out and just your commander out, you're yeah, already you've a got devotion four. of four. <laughs> so that's like the worst case scenario there. Pretty much. Right? And then it, the more green you resolve. So I, I've gotten her in the space of adding seven, six. So yeah, her ability isn't isn't going to be... Her job, yeah, her job is already like without qu- above question. I put her in his, my deck just because about. I was like, I don't even care that you're a druid. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a really good card. <laughs> so druids, druids, and what do we do with all the mana? So you notice that a lot of them, their combat readiness isn't very uh, up to snuff. So oh. we got to think of ways about getting them kind of off the ground. And I kind of landed in a similar space than you did, right? We want to just dump all this mana. Okay. So my Ulamog is the Ceaseless Hunger. <laughs> You did an Ulamog, yeah, so not the same one. Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger. When you cast Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, exile two target permanents. Damn. Indestructible. Whenever Ulamog attacks, defending player exiles the top 20 cards of his or her library. So take your pick, right? If you want Oldamog or Nulamog. Yeah, I mean. It's up to you. The point is you have a lot of mana. Spend it. Yeah. The other one that is a good card for this is the Bath breaker ibex so it's a four a green and a green whenever Pathbreaker ibex attacks creatures you control gain trample and get plus x plus x where x is the greatest power among creatures you control so at the very least this one's going to grant them all plus three when they attack okay and they get trample but if you have another dr- huge dropout like let's say ulamog they're going to get plus t- plus yeah, 10 plus 10 huge so they're really big you have something akin to a, a it's kind of like a budget Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah. It doesn't even come close to how great a Crater Hoof Behemoth is. Uh, another really, really cool one that I didn't get to try out, but I don't know. I, I it, On paper, it seems like it'd be good. So it's four a green and a green for Kamal Fist of Krosa. 
He's a legendary human, and he's also a druid, just so happens. Huh. He has a couple abilities. He's a 4-3, but his first ability is green. Target land becomes a 1-1 creature until the end of the turn. It's still a land. So you could spam this ability to animate all of your, all of your lands. Okay. Um, or you could do that to an opponent. So, yeah, you could do that to <laughs> your opponent, I guess, in response to a board wipe if you're, if you're a real cock. But hey, whatever. You're only playing with one color. You got to do what you got to do. Right? Yeah. The big one is, is that it, you can pay two uh, and three green, so five, and it's creatures you control get plus three, plus three until the end of the turn uh, and, and gain trample. So that actually can be spammed. You can activate that multiple times. Which you're going to have plenty of mana. Yeah. So for, I mean, it's a lot. You might want to probably employ your lands into this activation right. first, but you can definitely throttle it up. Right. I mean, one activation right there, he's a seven, six. Oh yeah. Another activation, he's an 11. What, you know what I mean? Like he, he himself is pretty big. It's, it's a, it's a significant add to his power. That's yeah. That is pretty big. Right. And he fits into the, the tribe. I don't know. I didn't get to try that one out too much. Um, yeah. And then of course there's crater hoop behemoth. Okay. Right. And then there's another one that I think is kind of like a really budgety crater hoof behemoth, which is the decimate. Well, let's see. Have we said what the Crater Hoop Behemoth does? I, don't I think, think we're just kind of assuming everybody knows what the fuck is up with that card because it's every, in every goddamn green deck. But it's five a green a green, so it's it's eight mana for a 5-5 five five that has haste. When Crater Hoof Behemoth enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and gain X plus X until the end of the turn where X is the number of creatures you control. So have nightmares about that. Yeah. So weirdly enough, I don't know. Like This one's kind of hard to pull off because... It's eight mana still. And right. the guy and how you're getting there is you're tapping the creature. So now they are unavailable for for attacking. I'll cover how to do that later, but you kinda he's he's not as valued as you think with with mine. Yeah, I think and I but think God damn, he does do a lot of damage. He does do a lot of damage. Right, because he gets that buff as well. Cause I think in other like in like if you're doing an elf ball deck, that's kind of like your ideal, right? Like yeah. so you're gonna have a bunch of tokens sure. to put it on. But in the context of, I think, the two decks that you and I have put together, um, you can probably opportunistically kill somebody, and at the very least, you're going to do a lot of damage to, a, to people. Yeah. So if you have enough to cast him, let's just pretend you were only using the druids to do that. I don't know why you'd do that, but you could tap eight druids, which that's, that's a lot. You're not going to have eight druids. But he, he gets that ability too. Right. It's in nine times out of ten, it means they're dead everyone's dead. yeah not just one opponent all of them if you if you play this card it's yeah it, if you it do it the right the way ultimate mono green finisher so let me give you his little brother idiot uh decimator of the provinces 10 mana for an eldrazi boar when you cast decimator of the provinces you gain you you uh de- when you cast decimator of the provinces creatures you control get plus two plus two and gain trampled in the turn it itself has trample and haste and it's a seven seven so Already, it's a nine-nine. The turn it comes out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, no. I don't think it is because it says when you cast, not when it enters the battlefield. Oh, that's you're the, right. That's the distinction. The, uh, okay. Because because Crater Hoof Behemoth, it's when you when it enters the battlefield, it grants it to everybody. Well, it's already in play. So Decimated Provinces is a huge, huge freaking drop. It's more mana. Yeah. It's a seven-seven. It's Trample Haste. It does have this strange ability. It has emerge six, green, green. Uh-huh. So you can cast the spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the emerge cost rather than its converted mana cost. So like, let's say you have like a, th- the the one I like to use is the 
the fierce empath. Okay. Right? Fierce empath is two and a green for it's just an elf. It doesn't have like a subtyping. <laughs> it just comes into play and you tutor a creature out of your out of your out of your deck that's six or greater. So you've used it and then you can sack it to its demand. Like. Right. So with that, it kind of overrides its own cost. It removes three from the cost. Or even like, you know, some of your other dudes that are out there that you don't care about. Well, anymore. it only removes one from the cost, right? I thought it's their I thought it's their CMC. Or is it their power toughness? Oh no, you're right. You're right. Sorry, that's my bad. That's yeah, my bad. the emerge is their is their CMCs removed from that emerge. Okay. Cost. I was I was misreading that. I'm like, it's not that much like different. Your deck is shit, Andy. <laughs> We're gonna scrub the I mean, episode. I think like you say, I think it's a really good like budget alternative. You could do it. I don't know. Like sometimes you just gotta punch it in and maybe you have to do the emerge cost on the decimator provinces. Right. But I'm just trying to lend some redundancy to this point oh, yeah. because it it's vital that that you may like if you can't finish somebody off with this deck quickly, like I just don't know how this one's gonna take you home. Yeah. It's just not. If, and there, it can if there's wrath spells in their deck, they're you're calling them out. Yeah, but you're anybody. engaging in player destruction, most mostly through this. Like you're just trying to get them out of this, this, this game. Chameleon yeah. Colossus, two a green and a green for a creature shapeshifter. So it is a druid, right? Changeling. Yeah. This this card is every creature. It's also a shaman. Yeah, it's also and a, shaman. a centaur and a centaur. Uh, protection from black, two a green and a green. Uh, has an activated ability. Uh, Chameleon Colossus gets X plus X until the end of the turn where X is its power. And so it's already a 4-4. Yeah, so it's pro-black. If you've got a black mono-black player, they're not going to like this, but they're going to easily take 8 from this thing pretty regularly. Just if you put it into the ability once. Yeah, if you just do it once. If you activate it multiple times, they can they can take a lot of damage. From well, yeah, because it's exponential, right? Yeah, I, n- I never took this card that serious. I think it's because the art is so ridiculous. Right, it's a bunch of like weird gel people. I mean, making one gel giant and <clears throat> walking along. But if you really read the card and think about what the what it implies, yeah. So you, you can add have a pretty you add four four to it. But if you activate it again, you add eight eight because it is an eight eight. Right. So now it becomes a sixteen sixteen after you've poured eight mana into it. <clears throat> if you've got a lot of mana available into it to pour and it's now a 32 32 yeah. for putting 12 mana right into it. so the doubles and then doubles the double yeah so, so it, it, it i never took this card seriously i thought this thing was just kind of like there's like a red one too the weird bull yeah that that yeah, is the, a shapeshifter the as tarian well. mauler i think this one kind of gets relegated to old tribal like i think people think like changeling i'm going to put it into a tribal deck and it's it's not so i kind of had that like changeling exploration when when cody was doing his pirate deck because i was like well okay how can i get some more pirates into this deck for him yeah it's and i kind remember of extending the distance and i remember looking at that and seeing that a lot of people just throw changelings into tribal decks just for the sake of getting more tribal getting cards. more stuff that's in there that's tribal but like which is fine that is fine but what's the real value of the chameleon classes in either of these decks that andy and i are talking about is that you're producing a lot of mana and this is a good mana sink so you can hurl this at them and just punish them with your mana. Right. Your mana turns into a burn spell on a, on a essentially on a giant gel person. <laughs> so let's talk about tricks. Stuff that's all about tricking. Let's start with probably the the more obvious one for this deck. If you look into the look into it, okay. Uh, you Google this deck or or search on any site for Seton 
a Seton Druid, whatever, Druid-oriented strategy, you're going to run into the Guiltleaf Archdruid, for sure. Probably at the top of the list. So it's three, a green, and a green for a creature elf druid. Whenever you play a druid spell, you may draw a card. Perfect. So why I'm mentioning this now is because of its second ability. I'm going to put this in the trick category more than the card draw category. Because <laughs> everyone's going to ignore that first sentence, and they're going to freak the fuck out with this second one. Tap seven druids you control. Gain control of all lands target player controls <laughs> for a 3-3. Three, three. And that's not conditional. If they kill this guy, dope. I still happened. have your land. Absolutely, this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, you're probably going to do it. It's all, it's, it, you know, if they've got a problem with mass land destruction, I didn't destroy anything. I just gained <laughs> control of it. You still, we still have your lands in play. Andy's big thing lately has been to say, you shouldn't have put it in your deck <laughs> when he takes stuff from you. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of you stealing somebody's land. You, you shouldn't have put it in your deck. I play Gaunti and yeah, every time somebody sees my the card I stole from them, shouldn't have put it in your deck, man. <laughs> like I path exiled your commander with right. your own path. And you were furious. I'm like, shouldn't have put it in your deck. <laughs> now I'm gonna cast Ar- Guilt Leaf Arch Druid, tap seven druids, take control of all your lands. Shouldn't have put them in your deck. Shouldn't have put them in your deck, man. <laughs> Untap tricks because we're tapping, so we got to come up with ways to untap. Yeah. Uh, the great orc guardian, five and a two, five and a green for a creature tree folk, bro. So this is the yeah, other one I would definitely dude. be tutoring with that other tree folk druid mentioned earlier. Flash and reach, but it says when great oak guardian enters the battlefield, creatures target player controls. I would suggest you pick yourself. Get plus two, plus two in the end of the turn. Untap them. Ooh. So they. This is this card's amazing for this deck because you can use all of your druids to resolve this six mana nightmare. <laughs> he comes into play, and he then gets you can... plus two, and he untaps the guys that you use. <laughs> it's hot. And That's it's pretty flash. sweet. And, and, and it's yeah, flash. you can do. Andy is so hot for flash. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm way hot for flash. That one, that one's really good. That is actually uh, really cool. I don't have your. What is it? What was the one that untaps? Mobilize? Mobilize. I have Vitalize. It's Vitalize. In, it's an instant speed spell, and it just says untap all creatures you control for one green. Okay. So mine's an instant. I think that's the only difference. Yeah. Uh, kind of just, I just want to untap these guys. Right. So you resolve a bunch of stuff, untap them, now your mana's back. <laughs> right? So things like this are, are, are valuable for this deck because, uh, yeah, you, you're using them for mana, but then you're, you're stripping your ability to do damage. Right. Let's say we're just really wide, right? Paradox Engine, of course, is great. Five, whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. So we're kind of seeing a picture here. Yeah. Right? Really bursty, swingy turns, not really wa- waiting, not really pondering. I do have some control elements in here like Song of the Dryads. Okay. Um, You know, Reclamation Sage, even though she's a, a peasant shaman and not a druid. Yeah. We're, we're just doing stuff like that. Uh, there's one other path you could take with this commander that I want to put out there storm because oh, these, yeah. because these druids replace their costs when they come in, they're essentially free. So if you wanted to do this, you could get rid of like decimator, the provinces, the cute wind stuff. That's kind of a little bit hard to noodle out and just go for a straight storm win. Right. That makes sense. Well, it doesn't have red or blue. So storm's going to be harder for us to achieve. If you go looking for his green storm card, you're going to be disappointed, right? Uh, you're not going to see anything super great with that. 
thing that you'll find is this thing that just tutors lands into your hand <laughs> into your like, hand that's all it does you like can't, you're fucking they don't worthless even, yeah they don't even come into play it's 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 super lame but there's a couple cards uh, that you can kind of make around the storm and i put one in here i put two of them in here i i don't i don't know how i feel about pressing this button too hard because anyone who's played a, against a storm deck or with the storm deck they're very linear yeah so maybe this could be a little different because yeah you bring the mana cost of the druids further down remove some of the control elements remove some of the cuter stuff like the Pathbreaker Ibex. Leap you'd probably leave in the the Crater Hoof Behemoth because it's Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah, like why what are you doing? So Sprout Swarm. It's one in a green for an instant. And it says put a put a one put a one one green sapperling creature token into play. But it has buyback and convoke. So this is where this thing gets pretty nutty. So Convoke says each creature you tap while playing this spell reduces its cost by one or by one mana of that creature's by of that creature's color. So the buyback is three. You may you may pay three, an additional three as you play this spell. If you do, put this card uh, into your hand as it resolves. Huh. So You're looking very quizzical. Yeah. Pretty much like the idea behind this card is that the the little sapperlings you're putting into play, they can contribute to the convoke cost. Right. As they come in. So you kind of have to have like a starting space to make this work. So let's say you have enough druids and the paradox engine to untap the druids when you cast the spell. Right. It resolves. It comes back in your hand. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. So you're going to be tapping down and... So let me ask you with Convoke, because I was just thinking about this. I'm just talking out loud with this. Right. Can you tap a Druid for... So you cast your your Sprout Swarm. Right. right? Can you tap a Druid using Seton's ability? Yeah, you can, to add to it. To add to it. But does that also contribute to the Convoke cost? Because I'm just thinking the way that this is worded is very unusual. Each creature you tap while playing this spell reduces its cost by one. Well, I mean, they're kind of redundant to each other. The The thing about the Sprout Swarm is that the Sprouts that you make can p- contribute to the con- to Convo. Right. Because, the, because if you look at the language on the card, it doesn't ask these creatures to be tapped. Right. They don't have the tap symbol. Right. Right? So eventually, like, the only thing you're really going to run out of is that one green. But with if the Paradox enough, Engine, you're untapping your... Well, yeah, the Paradox Engine is just going to go nuts. Druids, because every time you cast a spell, it. the Druids will come back and give you the green back. Right. You could do that even with, like, a Llanowar Elf, right? Yeah, yeah. So eventually, like, you're just... And it's instant. That's what's really good about this, is that it's just right before your turn begins... Piling it on. You dump a ton of these out, <laughs> and you ask if anyone has instant speed board wipe, which... Very me, unlikely. Very unlikely, next to, like, a Cyclonic Rift or a Route... It's still in your hand. Right. Right? It's still yeah, in your hand. You've bought can, it back. You've bought it back for sure. Like either they counter it or they or they handle this now, but it's a very it's a very narrow space they have to fill in. And if that doesn't work, well I mean if they somehow disrupt that, then just slam them with the Aetherflex Reservoir, which I put in here. <laughs> so it's four for an artifact. Whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn. So it would increase every time you buy this back. And then you so one to two yeah. to to three, 
So you exponential amounts of infinite life. Right. And then you can pay 50 of that life. Etherflux Reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player. She's just like, I'm draining the reservoir to yeah, kill bye. you all. Bye. You got a cross and grip. Bye. Right. Release so it's, dam. yeah, I feel like you could lean on these really hard. You could look into just, I just want to go infinite with this thing. That's sure. what I want to do. I'm sure. not looking to do an aggro sideways Which strategy. is typically like, that's one of the things with like your, your competitive EDH, right? Is like getting a lot of mana, which that's kind of something that you're producing with that. Like I can go infinite mana essentially with that. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah, I've, I've put cards in here for, for you to go wide. Definitely. Yeah. I've put cards in here for you to go tall with some Eldrazi. Right. And things like that. And then peppered throughout is, is the Druids. I would kind of look at this deck, like what's, what's the good Druid count. Yeah. And I don't know if I've found that yet. There's definitely, there's just a, I mean, there's a ton of druid. Oh yeah. So there's some that could be removed, some that could be added. Uh, yeah. If you really want to hit that storm button, storm in quotations, quote unquote, kind of storm. Storm. Yeah. You you want to be looking for those druids that you can just handle with one mana because they replace their cost the second they come in. Right. The more of those, the better. And then you just burp out and do your thing. (laughs) So I don't know. Depends on what you're looking for in a mono green deck. That's pretty cool. So yeah, very bursty. Not the same. Not the same idea as yours. Not no, even. no. I think well, very much the same idea. <laughs> They're so similar but different. They're they, the same, 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 but different, same, but different two. for sure. But we're we're definitely hitting a lot of the the notes. I think that green can do right. We got huge ramp, lots of creatures, big creatures, big creatures, and like kind of weird and card draw. Wholly single minded. Right. The only board wipe that kind of exists in green is the great Aurora, which is what, like nine mana. Yeah. And it's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. It just removes all permanents back into their library. They draw that many and they play all their lands that they draw from their hand. It's it's super weird. Which to me, I think like that, that very state of being with green Mm -hmm. kind of is an indicator of of how you have to play the color. You could make you you could make that work in this deck. Because the druids that are now in your hand, yeah. they can as long as you have Seton into play, they can as soon as they come in contribute to the back cost of another druid. Yeah. That'd be nuts if there's a storm kind of going on. Like if you're trying to hit a storm. Because if you have a ton of one mana druids, like oh, yeah. and they get folded away and then you draw that many, play all the lands out of your hand because the Great Aurora allows you then replay those druids that pay for the one mana druids. And if you're able to draw into like a recycle, I mean, the, the odds are long. Yeah, they the odds are. are long with that, but you can kind of see the combo potential I, of like, Seton. I don't, I don't sure. think it's that bad of a like thing to recover from. Cause I even think the deck I built, like you could recover from that. Yeah. Cause you're going to, cause you're going to advance your mana faster than anybody when you, yeah. when you've got a grip. But I, like, I don't know. I think I'd just stick with the blade of progress in the wave of vitriol. Right. And, and, and I guess that's the point that I'm getting at is like the, the lack of board wipes available kind of says to me, like the way you're supposed to be playing this is to just go. Sure. Just go. Like, yeah. Like you're not like sitting back and waiting. Like, you know, you're in trouble if somebody's board state is outdoing yours. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to be able to le- leverage your board state more often with a green, a green deck. Yeah, especially through the creature, the in the creature direction, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of ways to deal with everything else. Right. That's not a problem for green. It's just creatures that is your problem. But you you should be kind of like the apex of that, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so just some kind of thoughts about my deck. Um, like, just about green. There's some, if you remember, like, I went over some of those green techie cards. Yeah. That... The, you know my new year's resolution episode oh right? yes yeah yeah so we saw some of these come out and i'm just kind of talking to the people out there that have like he- they have a heavy amount of a certain color <laughs> blue in their <laughs> in their meta mono green actually is very well f- positioned to to deal with uh blue oh weird, yeah weirdly enough so there's stuff like uh dense foliage it's just two in a green it just says creatures can't be the target of spells period <laughs> everywhere everything and, so you're and, not doing my thing. <laughs> right. Of spells, not abilities. So our decks or my deck still allows for you for to do that. There's Gaia's Touch, which is a budget version of exploration, right? Okay. It's two in a green. You may put you may play an additional land uh each turn or on each one of your turns, but that land must be a basic forest. So it just lets you only play basic forests forest extra a turn. <laughs> and then there's Hall of Gemstone, which is really busted, which is one in a green or one a green and a green, during each player's upkeep, that player must choose a color. Until the end of the turn, each mana-producing land produces mana of the chosen color instead of its normal color. So unless they're very artifacty, all they're- of their lands only produce one color. So what that means for you is on your turn, you declare green. You're fine. The blue player cannot produce blue from their, from their one or two untapped islands that, that they are so smugly holding up. <laughs> Right, which Brad Brad has this. Now, that doesn't happen to your next upkeep. That's the other issue. Is like the turn you resolve it, they still could counterspell it. Sure. So we need to reach your next upkeep, or not yours, but the next person's upkeep before this starts coming into play. This right. thing grinds the game down for. But yeah. So player. Brad had this and has this in his Galta deck, and it yeah it changes things significantly. Right. And then there's Carpet of Flowers. It's a green. That's it for an enchantment that can be out turn one. That at your upkeep, you add a single color of any color to your mana pool equal to the amount of islands a target player controls. So every time they play an island, thanks, buddy. They're giving you a mana dork for that turn. The card is busted against blue players. You almost—it's just—it's the—it's the greatest, the greatest thing ever. And then there's seed time. I just got a lot of this tech because blue is such a problem. Right. In our meta. It's it's a huge thing. Yeah. You know? So if you're if you're worried about like the the bursty single-minded nature of these decks like yeah while i say that's kind of the thing there is clever ways around it so seed time is anytime they cast a blue spell during your turn you just pay two to cast this an instant speed and you take another turn it's probably one of the cheapest second buy an extra turn spells in (laughs) the game that's gross yeah so if they counter anything of yours you just pay a one and a green i'm gonna play seed time during your turn take an extra turn after this one if an opponent played a blue spell this turn was it worth it was it really worth it, bro? You just bought me another turn, which means, oh my God, these combats are going to get nuts. Yeah. Especially if you have ways like, like your deck, especially like these huge, like Leviathan sized creatures that oh, yeah. are not good to give somebody like. You give me an extra turn. That means you're probably, probably gonna, someone's yeah, going to die. Right. Especially with that big guy, the 2020. Yeah. I. Yeah. So things to think about with green. I mean, I don't get, don't, don't get freaked out by the buy these kind of decks because green is green's a hell of a color yeah hell of a color it is it's it's strong like it what it does it does well yeah 
Cool. Right on. Right on. Hey, thanks for joining me and Andanus for the Legendary Creature Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at legend underscore creature. We'll post a link to our deck list in the episode notes. Also, a big shout out to Home for letting us use this music. The song this episode is track eight from the album Restless State. Until next time, be sure to stomp people out with some big green creatures. Trojanus. Every time.